Hello and welcome to Data Driven. In this episode Frank and Andy discuss synthetic data. What is it? What advantages it has over so-called real data? Of course, they do wander off topic, but that is why we love them. Enjoy the show. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever time it is on this spinning planet of ours. My name is Frank Lavinia, and with me to my to my left <laughs> is Andy Leonard. How's it going, Andy? Good, Frank. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's been a while since we did uh, a tandem live stream. I know you've been streaming a lot. I've been streaming. Maybe a little less, but you know, um, been keeping busy. Uh, the fedora has not yet all arrived, but you you can bet assure that when, when that does arrive, I will I will maybe do an unboxing. I know um, Noelle Silver uh, did an unboxing video of her of her red hat doing an announcement that she nice. had joined Red Hat. So, <laughs> how's Very things cool. in Farmville? It's raining today, so we were just talking. You were talking about how dry the air was there in mm -hmm. uh, Germantown. It's um, it's not dry here at all. Uh, we've had a just kind of a little another little clipper come through. Thankfully, the temperature is about two degrees above freezing. So, well, that's good. That's good. It and, is. You know, it, was, it, it was very rainy. <laughs> wow, it was it was very rainy this this um, this past weekend, and it was kind of like yeah. well. Could have been snow, so true. And this is the time of year I'm kind of I'm kind of done with the snow. Like, yeah, I'm kind of getting there too. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, how's things in uh, in Germantown? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, very um, very quiet uh, today. Um, both the kids, all the kids are back to uh, in person learning, which is interesting. And funny how i kind of miss having the older one around i mean i would miss the younger one around too but like it's it's i actually did attempted to do a live stream with my younger son who is a roblox expert yes. and kind of talk about that aspect of the metaverse um okay and kind of see how that would you know what that would be like you know what because he he can play the games really well so um so how'd it go how did the live stream go I had to cut it early because of um, <laughs> because I didn't tell the missus and we had to go somewhere. So she's <laughs> oh no, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. It was um, oh, it was an experience because I wanted to see how that would work, how our dynamic would yeah. work. And he, you know, he was just next to me. He was he was kind of on camera, kind of off camera, uh, but we mm -hmm. were sharing it. And he was kind of walking me through this game in Roblox called Brookhaven. And okay. it's kind of it's kind of like a I want to say a PG rated Grand Theft Auto type game. Gotcha. But okay. it's also kind of an open world sandbox type thing. It's uh, okay, interesting. The Roblox ecosystem is very amazing because you have yeah hundreds of probably thousands of games or more, but hundreds of popular ones, and you kind of they kind of play them, and and um, it's. Okay. I don't want to say I feel old, but like <laughs> when I see it, it's kind of like, I'm not quite totally sure I understand this, you know, what's going on yeah. here. And, um, but it is interesting because if you didn't know better, a first glance at it, you would think you were looking at Minecraft. 
Oh, and wow. Okay. Because it has a very similar kind of design aesthetic, which, which one, I was watching uh, my kids play um, a Minecraft, uh, not a Minecraft, a um, Roblox game. And, um, you know, the blocky, the pixelated type thing. And I'm thinking, like, in the age of, like, these amazing GPUs and graphics cards, it's it fascinates me that that's the design aesthetic that is most popular. I don't think it's so much the design aesthetic that makes it popular. I think it's just the fact that you can create your own stuff. And it's, like, obviously there are more than just kids creating games on Roblox now. But oh, yeah. It's just it's it's becomes this kind of imagination fueled type thing as opposed to, you know, the AAA titles. I mean, they're fun to play and all, but but you know, the I just find it interesting that that's where the kids are going to that type of yeah. environment, not necessarily well, I, the hyper real. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm not a gamer, yeah. uh, really at all. Although I did years ago. Uh, I'm a recovered a- gamer. Are you? <laughs> I played a little Skyrim and mm-hmm. I was super impressed with the graphics. And I get what you're saying. It's like, it's not that the graphics are bad or wrong or anything on Roblox. I, I've watched my kids play Minecraft and Roblox before. It's just, I, I, I empathize and I'm with you. It's got that the, 8 bit uh, aesthetic. Yeah. It's like, this reminds me of 30 years ago. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or maybe more. Uh, <laughs> So it's got, I had Commodore 64 games that were close to that graphic capabilities, you know, playing 40 years ago, probably. But, um, but yeah. So you empathize with me. Does that mean you bought a watercraft, Andy? I did not buy a watercraft. And I now I immediately regretted saying that word to you right after it came out of my mouth. (laughs) I knew what was coming, but that's, yeah, yeah, it's, we're good. So for those no, of you that, that have seen my live streams, because I've commented on this when I was at uh, a harbor in um, on uh, Hilton Head Island, I commented about looking at all the odds. <laughs> hey, look at all the empathy. I was once subjected to a series of uh, trainings at a large company I'd worked with. Said executive is no longer at said company, but mm-hmm. uh, one of this person's hallmarks was um, lecturing people on empathy and privilege. Um and one of these streams took place on this person's yacht. Subsequent streams took place from this person's living room overlooking a lake and this person's apparently two boats. So so whenever I see luxury watercraft or watercraft in general, um, I kind of think about empathy. And I promise you all today, if I ever do get a boat, I'm going to call it the SS Empathy. <laughs> so that's kind of the joke. That is funny, but it, um, but yeah, I mean, looking at, so graphics were the big thing for a long time in gaming. And I think they still yeah. are. I've, I've looked at some of the online games. I watch um, every now and then I watch some of my friends who technical data friends when they stream that they're playing games and the graphics are amazing. I mean, what you can do today is, you know, just I mean, beyond what I ever thought. You don't need I reconnected. I mean, like, I mean, if you look at what NVIDIA has done with their synthetic actors, I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. And you don't um, need real actors anymore. I mean, and I don't mean, I don't know. I I think we're not quite there yet, but I think the day is coming where you can easily imagine that, like, that's coming, you know? Yeah. 
What's what's and really interesting? Sorry, I didn't cut you off. That's okay. Go ahead. Because this is cool. Because now we can steer this towards AI. That's good. That's a good play. Well done. Bravo, sir. And this can be repurposed as a podcast or <laughs> rebroadcast. <laughs> um, but you know, one of the things that's interesting is uh, motion capture. So while you may not be able to replace actors per se, right. you could put a camera on them and have them act out and it could be projected as another character. I think that's an interesting right. uh, thing. But if you go to like, um, is it this person does not exist.com? That's a completely yeah. artificial person. Um, right. Artificial person sounds very sci-fi, but that's not what I meant. It's artificial. It's really a rendering of a person that does not really exist. I mean, maybe it looks like somebody when maybe it doesn't, but the fact yeah. is, and this really gets into a, a, another emerging field that will be of interest to uh, our, our viewers and listeners, synthetic data. Um, right. And there was actually a, a paper that uh, the guy, I I'm not, I forget his name. His name was Carly Zhuai Fair, and I totally butchered his name, but he runs a YouTube channel mm -hmm. called Two Minute Papers. And I talked about him a lot, and I blog mm -hmm. a lot of his stuff. But he basically takes a research paper and goes through um, um, explaining the concepts and the results in about two minutes. Sometimes it takes him three minutes, but sure. these are very abstract, high-level, hyper-advanced math. Some of them you can cut him some slack for, you know, a couple of seconds over, right? Um, but there was apparently a project actually done by Microsoft Research where they had um, trained an AI. Uh, to recognize human faces without ever seeing an actual human face. It was just trained solely on synthetic data. Wow. Which, you know, first off, folks are probably have that reaction. Wow. And other one yeah. is kind of like, well, why? Why would you do that? Well, one reason yeah. to do this, and this is kind of the, the thinking behind synthetic data, is um, there's no privacy concerns, Right. I mean, that alone is, is a big issue, right? So if you generate yeah. a bunch of synthetic faces, as long as it's photorealistic enough, it can get that. Um, and LinkedIn user. So LinkedIn user, yes, it is very interesting. We don't know your name, but I have a couple of suspicions. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm going over there now. Um, yeah, I'm going over there now. But, you know, and, and I, you and I were kind of going... We're gonna end up in the same spot. We're just coming at it a different way. Right. When you combine that with deep fake uh, technology, oh, yeah. then and, and I mean, what deep fake is doing audio, you know, with the audio, with the video, um, you you can have synthetic actors say, oh, "Hi, anything. Joanna." Hey, Joanna. Welcome. Um, so you know, say and do anything. I mean, it's all of the stuff is in place. You just need to plug it together and well, I mean, look what we do, right? Like we, we yeah. have the uh, AI voice that does the intro for a lot of our shows and it's been AI now for two years. And um, it's uh, it's an interesting kind of point. And I had, I kind of had this discussion, like, well, did we put an art, a voice actor out of work? Well, yes and no. Right. Like we were not. Yeah. Um, I love the, the voice actress we use uh, for the mm -hmm. first three years. She was awesome. However, to get her to say anything, it's about $50, $60. So to do that, right. uh, if you go back through the archive, you will listen. And, <laughs> uh, you know, she says the same thing every show. With an AI voice, we can kind of, um, we can 
we can customize it per one, right? And it doesn't really cost anything. The, the initial cost of getting in, into that service, which I think is actually back-ended, um, it's, it's probably back-ended to Poly, because in the list it shows you, you have a choice between Google Voice um, system or the Amazon Poly. Amazon Poly right. is, and now I can finally publicly admit that because I no longer work for Microsoft, right? Like, <laughs> um, some voices are better, at least to my ear, that sound more realistic than others. Um, yeah. But um, so we picked one that does that. And um, Joanna points out, she's right. Like, you know, there are privacy concerns. Yes. So, yeah. you know, whereas a synthetic data, you don't really have that. So, one of, you know, this came up when I actually was still at Microsoft. There, There's a number of initiatives I don't think are publicly knowledged yet, but you know, a big part of one of the things that some people are working on, and this is true, I think, of everywhere, is kind of synthetic modeling, right? Using game mm -hmm. engines to render that. So, so if you wanted to teach a AI to recognize a picture of your SUV or your Honda, right? Um, mm -hmm. You can just show it bunches of pictures of your Honda, right? Or versus, you know, your, your Honda versus your Lamborghini, right? You can show it that. But if you really want to get a good one, you'd want to know, hey, what does it look at night, like at night? What does it look like at night in the rain? What does it look like at night right. in the desert uh, at sunset, right? <laughs> With clouds, right. without clouds. How do you do that? And right. thus far, the, the the most cost-effective way to do that is to basically take a photorealistic uh, rendering engine like you would have with video games, right? And just say, randomize all these things or just include these and go through your checkbox. Have um, some machine render off at every conceivable angle, right? Because you're talking mm -hmm. about virtual camera render tens of thousands of images rather than have to collect and label those right because if you you can make it part of the pipeline yeah, um yeah. to as it you know renders it it'll, it'll automatically tag it so you have a nice supervised learning data set of images to do that manually you would have there'd be a lot of manual work to make that happen sure and, a lot of travel um <laughs> <laughs> a lot of travel, a lot of timing, you know, just a lot of sure. things that would have to line up that you totally could do, but it becomes cost prohibitive because the labor yeah. part of having people label that and the data engineering aspect of it is not trivial, right? So right. what's interesting about synthetic data is you can just have at it, you know, you can kind of script it and it will, it'll generate that. In addition, it doesn't have the privacy concerns that that um, if you're using pictures of actual people, actual voices, right? right? Uh, what's, what's fascinating about this is now you're seeing them using synthetic voices to train models. So one of my kind of nagging concerns in the back of my head was, well, you know, if you play enough video games where you kind of see um, um, enough movies, right? You, you look at something, you're like, oh, that was totally CJ right? It just yeah. has a look to it. My concern, and apparently, according to this research paper, was is, is apparently not as big as a concern as I thought, would be that, are you really teaching the AI? What's the AI actually learning, right? Because that's still a very um, opaque picture, right? We don't really know exactly what it's learning. Right. And my concern was, well, you know, is it going to find something we really can't consciously see that mean you know like if you play if you play video games like the, the two big engines are unreal and um unity right mm -hmm. each one of them 
I think has a certain different, certain qualities. What mm-hmm. the French say, I don't know what, right? <laughs> that was a joke, but um, je ne sais quoi, I think is uh, the thing. But, but I mean, it's kind of, there's a certain quality. Like you can kind of look at it. You can make a reasonably informed guess that, oh, they probably used Unity or they probably used Unreal, right? right? You, you just, there's a certain feel to it. Like mm-hmm. when you look at like Google Maps versus Bing Maps, right? Or you see an embedded map before you can see the logo. You, there's just a certain look to it that right. to me kind of says one thing or the other. So um, that was my concern. Like, are we teaching it like real photos? Like what would happen when it does real photos? Apparently this project done by Microsoft Research, uh, you know, uh, debunks my fear. So I feel kind of, hmm. I still, it still haunts me in the back of my head. Like, what are we really teaching the AI? But apparently it's not. And it's cool because you can you can really kind of yeah. mix up all the facial qualities and, and and you can randomize it and it's pre-labeled. I, I, I think that there's there's some p- potential there. And like Joanna said, you know, it, uh, there's no privacy issues because they're just computer-generated right. images until, until the lawyers at, at probably least, get around. Well, we need hey, computer-generated like lawyers. That's what I was right. saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's how skynet takes over it's not with weapons it's with lawsuits yeah maybe that's i should not have said that out loud <laughs> <laughs> but that that brings up an interesting point and i'm not going to name any names here but i heard an anecdotal story and i think i shared with this you at another time maybe even on another show that there was a large cloud vendor that was trying to do something in prep for a um Oh, we, Joanna we love is an attorneys, attorney. Joanna. Yeah, I, I, I think Joanna and I used to work together at a, at a previous company. She's cool. Oh, Not okay. all attorneys are bad, but but um, I just think it's an I interesting. It's did I, I infer that all that. attorneys are bad? If I did, no, I, I think that's not what I meant at all. I think with the with the with the inertia of kind of lawyer jokes, I think that was the assumption. Okay, all right, that's that's you, fair. You stood I, at the edge. Of the, I, you stood at the edge I, of I the walkway. You didn't walk on it. I did not mean that all attorneys are, or even Joanna is bad or even CGI attorneys would be bad. That's not what I meant. Um, but um, <laughs> there's so many tangents we can go on that are all of them are probably bad. Um, but um, so, so here's a story and take it for what it is. It's anecdotal. I'm not going to, I'm going to leave the names out of it, but there was a big company that was trying to get their uh, public uh, public facing facial recognition system ready for a conference and they couldn't secure the rights to allegedly right all of this is conjecture secondhand sources although multiple secondhand sources has confirmed this so it's either a myth with one common source or there's some element of truth to the myth um, that they were going to train it but they couldn't release it because it was trained on data that they didn't have rights to or one form or the other, right? Wow. And so what they did was they kind of scratched their chins. Uh, well, somebody came in from leadership and said, we need this, why this conference? And if I said the name of the conference, you'd know who I'm talking about. So I'm not. And I, but I will add, I've never worked at this company. I know people who work there. So, gotcha. uh, so it's not who you think it is at first. Um, so, so they basically said, well, what photos of people do we have rights to? Well, it turns out when you, you get your badge, you take a photo. That's what they had the rights to. Interesting. So they said, fine, we'll train it on that. And supposedly the chief engineer on this project said, yeah, but um, 
not comfortable doing that because you know we don't have a pretty wide swath of humanity right and the whoever said don't worry about it this is just for the demo just for the conference forget about it we'll get it fixed before we go into production and this oh is the i love that i've never <laughs> heard that before out you know where I'm this sorry. is going this is if yeah yes. this is the point where you would hear morgan freeman's voice saying and but it was never put into production uh, but it was immediately put into production without fixing this. So that's basically <laughs> what happened. Is they had the rights, the employees' faces, so they showed it, and it worked great. And then over, uh, as they say, it came out in the wash that hey, had some certain issues associated with it. And when it was uh, came out, it was like oh, so whatever was fixed, and it was put in production before it. Was I remember fixed. So, this anecdote. Um, I do. Yeah, and I I had heard this. I had heard this from a very reliable source. Uh, an individual we both know. And I thought, wow, I mean, that's plausible, but that's, I don't think that's real. And then I heard it from another source who does not know source one. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then I found yeah. source three. I kind of pinged source three. It's like, this is what I heard. Does this sound plausible? Do you sound real to you? And she laughed and said, oh yeah, that totally happened. <laughs> wow. So take it for what it wow. is. But I mean that, that. But that showed the danger yeah. of, of of AI, right? Like if you if you you what the quality of your source, the quality and input of your source data is going to, and how that's labeled is going to have a profound impact on its output. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you look at it from, and and you and I would look at it this way. When you look at it from the training the model perspective, and when it's a technology problem that you're trying to solve, it you know it makes it makes perfect sense. And I don't mean that in that it's acceptable and it's good and any of that. I just mean, well, you can you follow know, there. There is a like, way. Yeah. There's right, a way to view this it. where if it was anything else or that's not true either, but if it was a number of other things, most other things, in fact, it would just be, you know, little red wagons that it thinks are little maroon wagons or what have you. It, right, it, you know, tanks, it's just right. an error. It's an error, and it's a filter that needs to be fixed. It's that sort right. of thing, but it can be applied to stuff that people rightly consider sensitive, and that's that's that is exactly why you thought of that when you started thinking about synthetic people, because right. synthetic people, uh, you know, it you could still make the same mistake with synthetic synthetic people. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have the right randomizers or or whatever right. the attributes that are going to be cycled through. You're right. right. I mean, the synthetic data alone is not going to fix this. And when I hear synthetics, I think of like you know, you know, um, you know, like in Star Trek and the Commander Data. Like we're not talking about actual synthetic people. We're talking about images right. of synthetic images of people that are synthetic. Images of people that look like real people and interestingly. Right cross the chasm of um i think it's called the uncanny chasm or whatever the uncanny valley yes that uncanny is valley that's it so that it's definitely on the other side of that you look at it and you think that's a real person but right or it could be a real person is it this person are you you're going to type live here on the live stream i'm going to type well i'm not going to share the screen until i have the actual website just in case i, I see. know what's else. what i find interesting about this while you're typing i'll i'll provide mm -hmm. commentary I think that it's it, it's interesting that I look taller than you, on the, and in fact, I look about as taller than you as you really are taller than me. Oh, that is funny. It's all about perspective, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 
Frank is taller than me. I'm not that. I'm five nine, I think, something like that. So what I can do, I think, if I can reach it. Yeah, that, there. Oh, there that's that's better. What's that's all this, Doctor Mark Taylor? How's it going, Dr. sir? Mark. We used to work together at Microsoft. He's doing some interesting things in Florida now. Cool. Um, just another comment. All good. Okay, good. We didn't offend the lawyer. That's good. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Mark, we are talking about synthetic data. So, if you're not familiar with this, uh, this is a website um, called This Person Does Not Exist. And, I mean... This person, I mean, maybe there are people in, I mean, there's seven, eight billion people. There's probably somebody who looks like this, but strictly speaking, that's not an image of a, of a person. That is a right. um, synthetically generated image. So you can download this picture or you can do this. And I think one of the advantages of this is that um, you don't have to worry about invading this guy's privacy because this guy really doesn't exist. And I do wonder, though, like, you know, if it did randomly come up with it, because, uh, again, if, if enough, uh, what, what's the saying? If enough monkeys were typing random characters into a typewriter, then eventually one of them were to produce Shakespeare. Um, although thus far, I think the Internet has proven that theory false. <laughs> um but uh, theoretically, I, I I wonder what would happen, right? So if I hit refresh and it happens to look like me, um, yeah, you know, which it doesn't. But um, you know, it, you know, what would that what would that be? What would that look like? And what's interesting you know, is I, how this is. It will never look like me, Frank. That that never because you're one of a kind. I'm just saying. Well, yeah. Oh, all right. Awesome. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in live. Yeah, um, thanks a bunch. I will say I've been tracking this site for a while, and they've gotten better at the teeth. Gotten better um, at what? Say it again. Rendering teeth. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the faces they have their mouth closed, so you can't see the teeth. But but I will say that they've gotten a lot better at that. Yeah. And you know this is I don't know what they're back ended by. You can probably look. You know they show you kind of like how to recognize an image of a fake person. Um, you know, that, that, so this says it's almost impossible to recognize an image of a fake person. Um, that's interesting. So I do wonder, that does make me think like, you know, what sort of characteristic we can't consciously perceive could fool an AI now based yeah. on that research paper, which I'll put in the show notes, um, or you just go to two minute papers and look for, um ai trained on um on can recognize faces but it's never seen a human face right and that's kind of the clickbaity yeah uh title but i don't know i think it's interesting and then when i when i was doing more of this it's not just about computer vision or people it's also voices and you can have mm -hmm. it say a whole bunch of things and if you if you're really savvy you can have it say all sorts of things with different accents you can kind of randomize that and it's just it's just a fascinating field of synthetic data yeah, because one of the, I, one and of the I wonder how much crossover we're going to get with fakes. That's always my concern. I mean, it's probably I've the seen... same. It's probably the same tech at the at the core of it. it would, I would think so. I mean, it's uh, not I like... imagine you just you train it with a different voice rather than generate the characteristics of a voice or a face. Right. But I saw I saw a video a couple of weeks ago. It's probably been out for months. But I just I don't keep up with social media, and. 
it was a video of Tom Cruise. Have you seen that? I heard about this where they put his face into something. I forget what it was. It was like, it, was it Star Wars? I, I mean, I did not see. I couldn't tell. To me, it sounded and looked like video of Tom Cruise. There was um, probably the most famous deep fake of recent past has been when they digitally put in Luke Skywalker into the Mandalorian. And then like an independent YouTuber did a better job. Yeah, uh, that's wild. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's better is subjective, but I thought it was sure. a cleaner cut. Uh, yeah. And allegedly for the book of Boba Fett, they hired, allegedly they hired that guy to do a more extended scene um which is interesting wow. and then um i was going somewhere with that but um um oh that's what it was there's a it guy may have, okay it may have been that maybe it I wasn't that's what it was John. there's a guy who does an impression of tom cruise and they put his face over tom cruise's face i think that's what it was but speaking of star wars thank you john for that by the way uh speaking of star wars there was uh you know the solo movie where they had that other actor play han solo a younger han solo somebody did a deep fake where they put harrison ford about that age onto the video and it worked pretty well actually wow it was kind of like so it's just fascinating what is possible with this and yeah um I don't know. I think, you know, in terms of deep fakes and their socio political economic kind of implications, I don't while the worst feared uh, apocalyptic kind of visions haven't happened yet, uh yeah. you know, it's still not impossible to imagine. Um very true. You know. But, you know. So it's pretty cool actually. You know, it'd be cool. Uh, maybe not cool, but you had like a screensaver that would just like randomly pop up faces. I don't know. Maybe That's not. That's interesting. I don't know. I like my matrix screensaver for my computer behind me. Yeah, I I think I've got some kind of default thing setting in the background. That's me. It's like just put up something. Usually, I'm not here when it's on, so I am uh, I am good with that. But cool. that. John, your point may be that that because it it did that guy looked a lot like a young Tom Cruise. You're right. Maybe that's what it was. I just I saw it briefly and I thought that just sounds who I do not train fight. That I can tell you. I, I think people have. Uh, thank you, Mark. Uh, who trains Frank? Uh, I probably untrainable. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I think my wife would say that. I am an old dog. I cannot learn new <laughs> tricks. True story. All right. Here is the article. Let me pop that up. Yeah, let's find out. So here it is. Act alert on Miles. So is it the real actor? No, it's not. Deep fake. So it is a fake. It is a fake. So apparently one of the things that also, I guess, helps the um, the algorithm along is if you have someone who kind of looks like that person. Okay. All right. So let's see. And of course, we have to sit through the ad. But you're not hearing the audio, right? No. Uh oh. All right. Well, 
Is it going to glitch or is it going to work? Now, that is not the one I saw. There's a bunch of them. There's uh, there's one mm. where um, that comedian is being interviewed and he's doing like on a late night show and he's doing different uh, impressions of different people. And um, the people do this. Um, they do this thing where. Um, um, I don't know what I was gonna say, but he they they swap out his face with whoever he's impersonating, which is pretty funny. Like, oh, that is funny. how that works. But that's that's kind of my thoughts on synthetic data. It's pretty pretty good stuff. Well, I think about it too. I'll just uh, throw this into the mix. <laughs> um, uh, you know, from a data engineering perspective, testing and mocking. I, I think not so much the training of facial recognition or voice recognition or anything like that. But I wonder the implications that may, you know, spill over into that. I mean, we have a lot of uh, fake data generators now right. uh, that are out there and it's, it's actually harder than it looks to generate uh, mock data for uh, say data warehouse loads and, and right. data lake loads, data lake house now loads. Um, it's just, and you need a lot of it. And it's it's a common problem either, in, even inside of an enterprise where you just want to protect the privacy of your customers. You don't want to drag production data down into a development environment that has very little semblance of security on it. And that's part of the design of a development environment, by the way. I, I often uh, tell folks that if the developers can't burn down the database in dev, then you have an environment named development, but it's not a development environment. That's a good they point. I didn't be, think about the the yeah. those types of implications where you're working. If you obviously you want to scrub PII when you can, but creating mm -hmm. fake data that looks kind of real, real enough. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not just in terms of training AI models. It's you know, it's also synthetic data and obviously there are people creating fake data there's for malicious intent but there's also sure. benevolent intent um as well yep. it's interesting it's an interesting field i guess right how do you create customer activity that looks real uh but it's not based on something real or how do you, how do you scrub right. that and, and that's interesting and even getting back to the synthetic faces um, you know, for facial recognition and stuff like that. So I get training your models using that, but what exactly are you building? <laughs> what happens when that goes to pride? I mean, is it designed to look for synthetic people? Are we, track, That's my are we concern. trying to find aliens? That's or... my concern. Like, <laughs> but are no, we I trying mean, to like train when he's shopping? <laughs> what? Now, let me see if I can find the two minute papers i mean why do this and i'm you know as an engineer i'm paranoid by the way paranoia is a virtue for an engineer it's our job in fact to imagine worst case scenarios and fix them before they break that's trying to that's find one this. definition of it that is that is a good point right like one of the one of the definitions when i was um of being a good um, civil engineer is that you're not blamed on any major accidents or bridge collapses during your lifetime. 
Yeah, and to get there, you have to figure out what could cause such a thing. Right. And fix it before it breaks. That uh, is the idea. Hey, Randy, how's it going? All right. Well, I can't for life of me find that that video, but but you're right. I mean, that's kind of my thing. Oh, here we go. This is it. They changed the thumbnail so it looked less clickbaity. Um, <laughs> that's an ad. I know that guy. I know he's a good guy. So. So what's interesting was, and one of the one of the unintended consequences that they found out with this is that it can um, it can infer like where if if you have like part of your face hidden with clothing or hair, it, because when it's trained, it knows where that is to do the rendering. Right. It will actually go past that. It's an interesting. It's an interesting. Um, um, it's interesting. So, I mean, this is the thing that made me scratch and think, well, like, well, maybe, maybe that problem that I was so worried about isn't real anyway. Maybe it's not like an issue at all. Hmm. You know, let's see, maybe. can I move this? There we go. Um, well, now it's, now it's between us. I can look over there at it. It's like the Brady Bunch or Zoom, right? <laughs> um <laughs> If you were watching this live, folks, on the stream, then you would understand the joke. But for that's true, I forgot we're going audio with this. Um, speaking of audio, supposedly LinkedIn audio is coming, so it'll be kind of like Clubhouse, but on LinkedIn. Yeah, as soon as I have access to that. You know, we were just talking earlier at the beginning of the show about kind of lower fidelity media, right? You know, Eight bit graphics and such, and it just to see this explosion of Clubhouse and now LinkedIn. Um, audio, whatever they call, what are they calling it? I know it's got a name. Uh, I don't know. I just heard it called LinkedIn. I saw audio. the name. Yeah, maybe that's um, it. Maybe it's just LinkedIn audio. I don't think it has a fancy name yet, but it's still technically in beta, and they're still working on getting people access to it. Gotcha. So, uh, let's see. If I could find it. I thought it was called like LinkedIn Club, not LinkedIn Clubhouse. It was called LinkedIn Rooms, maybe LinkedIn. Okay. Audio. Audio events. Hmm. That's how you create them uh, when it comes. Yeah. Out. Okay. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn is launching Clubhouse style audio. It's called LinkedIn Audio Events. They're going to change that, I think. Uh, probably. Yeah. You can't call it a clubhouse, right? You can't LinkedIn clubhouse. I mean, that was it was you know talk about right time, right place. That was a great application that just just hit and caught fire. Absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. it's I mean it was great because you know one of the things I think that has surprised people, even us, right? Because we were talking about starting off the podcast actually would have been um, five years ago. Uh, this month Gosh. we recorded our yeah. first episode and one of the reasons it went from kind of getting the idea in November to executing it, um, you know, not recording our first show until February was because we were originally going to do it as a video podcast. Right. 
And one of the advice I got from other podcasters and uh, one of which was John Lee Dumas, uh, who runs Entrepreneur on Fire, uh, was don't, don't focus on doing video because part of the appeal of podcasts, part of the longevity of podcasts. And remember, podcasting has been around one form or the other since 2004. Um, yeah. That's why it's called pod, right? For the iPod. Um, <laughs> and um, that they that that audio was great because you can be doing other things. Exactly. You can be yeah. driving. You can be washing the dishes. You could be running. You could, There's all sorts of things you can do mm-hmm. when you're... Um, uh, when, when it becomes just audio. And I think Clubhouse is a great example of that, right? Sure. Um, yeah. LinkedIn having an audio, live audio uh, thing. But I think what's more interesting about LinkedIn audio is, and I've been on one or two events that have been hosted, which, you know, by, by the cool kids who already have it, uh, is it's just like Clubhouse where you can request access and speak to the people. It's, I think it's more and more interactive. Obviously on this, we have the chat window. Am I pointing in the correct sure. direction? Yes, I am pointing in the correct direction. Yeah. Um, but you know we can't just you know click on you know mark and have mark on the show right like yeah you know whereas with with uh, audio or whatever they're going to call it you can promote them as a speaker and you can have a, a real interactive conversation i think you it's know, an interesting it is, concept and it, and it is a very interesting dynamic that video didn't kill the radio star right you know it's right. it, it's where it, that that just never happened i mean it did change probably changed the audience makeup and a lot of younger viewers went to television instead of listening to the radio because it's more uh, but fm radio still exists fm radio am radio it's 2022 check my watch yeah and yes it's still around it's still there and yeah and and i think we're just going to see more of all of the above right uh, as time passes for some pretty benign reasons when you really put it into it's it's just kind of like we keep circling back to the eight bit video, right? <laughs> you know? Right, right. Everything old is new again, right? Like, you know, I still read because even though audiobooks are out, and I I listen to audiobooks, but I still read because I can make the pictures in my head, right? You know, and, and I don't know a better way to describe it than that. So, it's I don't think we're looking at competition to the point where platforms go away i think what we're looking at is more of an enhanced blend and more options in the form of platforms multimodal multimodal i mean it's true like you're the wordsmith of the show i i guess i am um (laughs) but i think what's interesting is is that i think we've also misunderstood the term platform right like Facebook yeah. as a platform. Well, it kind of is. Well, I, I misused the term. No, no, not you. You're I think we've all nice. misused those terms, right? Like Spotify <laughs> is a platform. Well, it kind of is, but it's not what we mean by this, right? There's like platforms right. and meta platforms, right? Because right. meta is, is the hot word of the year. Um, but but that's kind of well, that's kind of it. It's about seventy five percent of as hot as it was, right? <laughs> that's mean sorry well i mean (laughs) i mean uh, you know i wouldn't count facebook out like i I think they had a very bad day they obviously Mm -hmm. are losing users on their main platform but they also own instagram i think they own snapchat they own yeah at least half a different chat is jumping by the way i saw a report on snap yeah right and it's not (laughs) 
I wouldn't count them out. I think that yeah. I think that every startup hits this thing where they they ride and ride and ride up and up and up in the crest and then at some point if they don't innovate they'll crash. I think they'd be in a much harder position if they hadn't been very aggressive. Some would say too aggressive about hiring kind of up and coming other social networks. Um yeah. But, you know, they have Instagram, right? Instagram's still on the up and up, right? Like, and it's interesting to see what I think no one would have predicted or very few people would have predicted, you know, 10, 15 years ago was that you have kind of the stratification of social media based on age, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, looking back, it's obvious, but like now, it, you know, I mean, looking back, it's obvious, but but back then it may not, it was not as obvious. Like Facebook was meant, thought everybody be on this, everybody on this platform, but you'll see sure. that there's certain certain stripes of people by age and some arguably demographics tend to be in one mm -hmm. place than the other is that i don't know it's just interesting to see how that is kind of played out true um, yep, someone true. someone sent a meme about how they compared facebook to a mall where kids don't go there anymore like they used to go there but <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> the yeah. meme was was pretty funny but very cool. Well, Frank, so, I have to go. I have to. So go do I. We've been chatting school. for forty-five minutes. This will be a, also a uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, not LinkedIn. Um, I have LinkedIn on the brain. Um, <laughs> this will also be an episode of Data Driven, datadriven TV, yeah. and this has been brought to you by our joint venture, which is kind of an extension of Data Driven, the Data Channel TV, which. I guess is kind of multimodal uh, because we're on uh, Android, iOS, um, Roku, and Fire TV. And if you use yeah. those two coupon codes, um, you can get an epic discount for as long as your account is open. And with that, I will end the show. Say thank you to everyone who's tuned in live. John, Mark, yeah, Randy, uh, Joanna. And um, I don't think I missed anyone. But, I don't think uh, so. Thanks for tuning in. Any parting thoughts? I do, but thanks for asking me to do this. It's uh, always hey, very no energizing. I love doing very these. I love doing these. Yeah, these are awesome. shows, and I love doing them with you too because it's extra cool. Because same. It's, uh... All right, man. Well, everyone out there, have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We know you're busy, and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask: please rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.